0: Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to a workshop that I am hosting the first week of June. This workshop is going to focus entirely on digital marketing. And the goal of this workshop is to help you bust through the confusion and overwhelm so that you can conquer digital marketing and grow your flower business. I am going to share with you in this workshop my step by step framework for leveraging digital marketing as a florist, and you will walk away with a personalized blueprint, clear action plan so that you know exactly where to focus your time, effort, and energy. And we're going to dive into understanding the most efficient and effective advertising platforms for you to market your business, how to leverage social media. And exactly where to prioritize your spending so that you can get your business in front of your dream customers. This workshop is being hosted online. Yes, if you can't join me live, there will be a video replay so that you can play catch up in your own time. I will leave the link to sign up to this workshop in the show notes so that you can grab your spot today and then you get to join me on zoom and we get to workshop your digital marketing plan and you get to make the most of the rest of 2024. So I would love to see you there and I am so incredibly excited to host this workshop, share my process with you and make sure that you are crystal clear on exactly what to do to get found by those dream customers. So visit the link in the show notes, grab your spot today, and I will see you at the workshop. Welcome to the Thrive Podcast. I'm Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll share all we've learned about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. I'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Well, here we are for another week of fun filled flowering, fantasticness. It is, what are we in? The first week of June 2019. And I am pretty excited, A, to be here talking to you. But B, because on this weekend, that was a long weekend here in Australia, I took a little bit of time and played around with natural dyeing of silk ribbons. Now, that may not be your cup of tea, it may not be your jam, but for me, I have been wanting to do this for a very long time. I have held a very long obsession with ribbons, very long obsession. Like when I was a kid, it was the thing that my mom would basically bribe me with. So that's fun. (laughs) But more important than that is the fact that I took a little bit of time to do something creative that had nothing to do with flowers. And I think as a creative, it's so easy to get so wrapped up in this world of playing with flowers and playing with flowers and playing with flowers. You forget that there are other dimensions to creativity, And I do spend a lot of time writing and obviously podcasting and playing around with Instagram and trialing all the things, which is fun. But doing something that your seven-year-old self is going to be so happy with brings so much goodness, I cannot even begin to tell you. So my word of wisdom at the beginning of this week is to share with you guys to do something this week, schedule some time to do something that your seven-year-old self would love. Whatever that is. It doesn't even matter. You don't even need to rationalize it to anybody. You don't even need to ask permission. Just do it. It could be coloring. It could be scrapbooking. It could be crafting. It could be playing in the dirt. It could be making mud pies. It could be something so simple. Frankly, it could also be playing Nintendo or Atari or something. But anyway, I wanted to just share the level of joy and happiness that my heart feels when I look at these ribbons and the reason I was experimenting with these ribbons is that it is going to be part of our July workshops for florists so been so many requests and Ass around doing one-on-one workshops around group coaching around learning the tips and tricks particularly when it comes to the business side of flowering so I have set a Sunday and a Monday aside you can sign up for both days you can sign up for one day you can bring a friend you can come on your own and you will be welcomed with a giant hug probably a few glasses of Prosecco a heater or some cups of tea, whatever floats your boat, down here in the Highlands, we are going to be hosting the workshop at one of the local growers, who's a beautiful human being. So it's going to be so much goodness, surrounded by so many people who adore flowers, who have the same questions that you have, around how to build a business, where do I even begin, I don't think I'm qualified, what do I do with pricing, how do I get more leads, How do you make your bouquets? How do you transport your bouquets? Let's play with flowers. Let's play with color. Let's do all the things. So message me on Instagram if you want to know more, or the exact link will also be in the show notes of this episode. You can just go in there, click the link, sign up straight on the website. So I would absolutely love to have you guys there. Space is going to be limited, and I know, I know in my heart we are going to sell out. So get in quick. Bring a friend. If you want to come down and stay, I'm sure we can organize accommodation with the group of people who are traveling in from out of town. Should I say out of town? (laughs) Out of town in my Canadian accent. That is probably the thing I'm most excited about. So we're in the midst of winter wedding season for us, which usually means low-key brides, Smaller weddings, beautiful people, warm summer afternoons, cooler weather, shorter days, all of the good things. And I thought I would just take a moment today. I wanted to share with you my top 10 tips if you are considering your first hire or considering your next hire. And I don't necessarily want you to ignore this episode if you don't even think that you're at the stage of hiring somebody yet, because I simply want to plant the seed with you now to get a few things ready in anticipation of you hiring somebody if you asking for help. So definitely worth listening to this whole episode because there's some really good stuff in here because we have had some major successes in hiring. And I have to say we've had some major doozies, like major doozies. So I would very much like to share the good and the bad with you today. So my top 10 tips for making your first hire. Tip number one, sit down and make a list you know I love a good journal but sit down and make a list of the actual tasks or the jobs that you would like to get done what does it take to make your business run the beginning of the day to the end of the day beginning of the week to the end of the week what are all of the jobs that need to be done and that is going to include everything like managing your website updating images dealing with your social media managing inquiries, paying your bills, doing your bookkeeping, possibly managing your payroll, dealing with your taxes, washing the buckets, prepping all the material when it comes in for an event, opening the shop door, watering the plants, doing the laundry, putting petrol in your car, all of the things. Make a list, and I guarantee you that list is going to be long. Now, Once you've made that list, go back to the beginning and asterisk or circle or highlight the jobs that you want to outsource. Almost always, and I will say almost, because I will circle back on this thought, but almost always those jobs are going to be emails, bookkeeping, paying bills. Probably things like helping prep vessels, helping prep material when it comes into the studio, More often than not, you are in your happy place when you're actually designing. But if you look at that list of all the things that you need to do in order to make your business run, designing is literally like one, maybe two line items of all of the things that you need to do to keep your business going. So what are all the other jobs in and around that don't necessarily include designing? Every single one of those jobs can be outsourced. You can have somebody help you with them, every single one of them. I would also argue, if you are so inclined, you can also hire somebody to specifically help you with the design stuff. If you want to run a business and you hire other people to do the design work, you are allowed to do that. You are allowed to indulge and love and enjoy the business and the money management side of it and bring in people who are kick-ass designers. You don't have to necessarily do all the design work yourself. So tip number one is simply make a list of all the jobs that need to be done to make your business churn. Asterix and circle... Highlight, whatever technique you would like, color code, the jobs you want to outsource. I have made the mistake in the past where I've kind of jumped into this world when you come from corporate land and you say, oh, I would really love an administrative assistant. When in actual fact, I'm kind of letting the title of the person's job overshadow the jobs that I want to get done. So at this very moment in time, I am sitting in my office, which is fairly messy, it's fairly cluttered, there's filing that needs to be done, there's an email inbox that could definitely use some sorting, there's a little bit of hanging stuff on the walls, shizzle that could be happening, all these things, right? My dream, my ambition, my most beloved idea at the moment in time is to get somebody to come into this place and organize it all sort out what the processes are that is not necessarily the job of an executive assistant that is simply a project that needs to happen right so if you take the title out of the position and start to just dissect what are the jobs that need to happen instead of necessarily thinking you need to hire a designer what are the jobs that need to happen Instead of thinking that you need to hire an administrative assistant or a bookkeeper or an accountant, which I would highly recommend that you have an accountant, however, what are the actual tasks or the jobs that need to be done? That is the single most important question you can ask yourself. Then I will move on to tip number two with my next question, because with any of those jobs, is there a piece of technology that can help actually solve that problem? I see so many florists on Instagram complaining and whining and whinging about how many emails are in their inbox. Here's a little secret. Some of the most successful floral designers in this world use project management software to help manage all their inquiries. So... We use a system called TAVE, and I will include a link to it in the show notes because you can sign up for a 60-day a free trial, actually, with uh, the link in the show notes, and it is well worth it. So it does cost $20 American a month. However, in Australia, the starting salary for somebody over the age of 21, I think, is 26. it's somewhere around that plus you have to pay their superannuation so I generally round that up to 30 bucks the starting salary for somebody in Australia is 30 dollars you could invest in a piece of project management in a subscription a monthly subscription and pay 30 bucks a month to basically have a system to help you manage all the inquiries so we are averaging somewhere between six and 10 inquiries a week. That system that we have called TAVE, we literally have loaded it up with a whole series of email templates because you guys know how much I love a template. But literally you get an inquiry from your website, it syncs to this piece of project management software. You literally hit a button that says "replies to this lead. You select the drop down of all of your templates It automatically personalizes it for you, and then you hit send. It's freaking remarkable. We have been using this piece of software now, I think, for about 16, maybe 18 months. One of the single best investments we have made in this business. So do not automatically assume that you need to hire a person to do some of these jobs. There are magical pieces of technology out there that can really help you solve some of these problems. So just think beyond, do a little bit of research. If in doubt, don't forget to ask. We have a lot of experience in terms of using different pieces of technology, some good, some bad, always happy to help whenever possible. So tip number two is, is there a piece of technology that can help you solve the problem? It's also possible, and broader catchment is a template might actually help you solve the problem and it can be as simple as having a template for when you get inquiries and educating your clients on the next steps and what needs to happen after they've inquired or having a template saying so sorry we are not available please contact a or b alternative vendors so tip number two is consider technology or templates to help you solve your problem Tip number three is if you are thinking about hiring somebody, put energy and effort into sorting through and defining your processes and systems now. And I remember a mentor of mine telling me this probably about two and a half, three years ago. And I so wish I had taken her advice that we'd started it then. (laughs) And if you are in the early days of your business, If you are on day one of your business, if you're on day 356, day 727, start it now. Figure out what your processes and your systems are because if you hire somebody to help you, the first question they're going to ask is, how do you want me to respond to this? How do I know if you're available or not? How do you know if you want me to say yes to this or no to this or anything? Right? How do you know what you want this person to respond with. That involves you sorting out your processes and your systems now. That can involve everything. So for our shop, we have like manuals upon manuals. Even this morning, I was outlining a document with. It's a whole matrix in terms of helping our staff understand what are the recommendations that we want to give people when they're asking for table arrangements, really small weddings, uh, funerals, events, like, and they're just looking for something simple, right? It's not necessarily an everyday flower order, but it's something specific to an event. Most people have no clue where to even begin. So one of the biggest things that we have learned in this business is that that ignorance that your potential client has is such an amazing great advantage you have the opportunity to set your list of specific products that you want to be selling and the formats that you want your table arrangements to be in so we did up a little chart that says here's the format here's the estimated size here's how much it costs if it's you know what we would consider kind of standard flowers premium flowers and what i would consider the absolute minimum would be if you're into using more cost effective flowers have also outlined a few pros and cons and what you know in what situations they're good and we are going to test it as a bit of a template for our team so all of that is to say start sorting through your structure and your processes and your systems and your templates now so that when you are handing some of the stuff over to another person to help you they have resources to pull from otherwise they're going to be turning to you and being like well what do you want me to respond to this email with how do I know if you're available how much do I quote for this what do I quote for that what's the system for this what's the system for that I told them that we could do this why can't we do that right you need to be able to outline some of that stuff for them and do it now before you hire them because if you're doing it When they're here and you've hired them, then you're paying them a lot of money while you're sorting out something that should have been sorted before you hired them. Now, that is not to say you're going to have every single thing sorted out, because in floristry, there's 1001 exceptions to every one rule. But if you can have some basic guidelines, if you can even go back into your emails and say, what is your kind of regular normal response? What kind of tone of voice are you using? If you say you're not available, do you send them to a different vendor? If you say that you are available, then what? Are you asking them to book a consultation? How do they book a consultation? Don't need to figure out every single detail, but just giving the person who's going to help you some guidance in terms of how to respond is super helpful. Now, tip number four. No experience is actually a good thing. And I don't want to dismiss people that do have experience, but all I want to say to you is do not dismiss people if they don't have experience doing the exact job that you want to hire them for, if they are super eager, if they love flowers, if they're a good fit for you, if your intuition is telling you that they're a good fit for you, if they are ambitious, if they are intelligent, if they are personable, if they are a good human being, do not dismiss them simply because they do not have experience. Everything is teachable particularly the tips and tricks in terms of managing emails, updating websites, prepping flowers, transporting flowers, answering the phone. These very functional things are very teachable. You did not come out of the womb knowing all of these things. You learned them somewhere. Somebody taught you or you taught you. So you can teach other people as well. So don't automatically dismiss them if they don't have experience, which leads me to number four, hire for fit. Do they align with your values? So values is, I like to think of it a little bit like a religious belief. Some values that I believe in is respect people and treat people the way that you want to be treated. I also believe in hard work. I also believe in making mistakes. I also believe that perfection does not exist. I also believe in trying to have a good time. I also believe in the goodness of human beings. I am generally surrounded by people who have a very similar outlook. None of us is perfect. We love a good laugh. None of us will ever claim that we know everything. If we learn something, we walk in the next day and we say, hey, check out what I learned and share it with everybody. It's a very open. It's a very supportive. It's a very nurturing environment. It has taken us five years to get to that point. So the biggest thing I can tell you and where we have gone wrong is not hiring for fit. In relation to this, I will also say that people change over time give them the space to change and make it easy for them to find the door if they've changed in a direction that is no longer in alignment with what you want to be doing. The same goes for you, right? You could be running this business for five years, 10 years, 20 years, you are going to change so much as a human being, you are going to evolve, you're going to be fascinated by new things. Give yourself space to evolve and change. Give your staff space to evolve and change. And if they no longer fit, make it easy for them to find the door. But on the first day that they come in, when they're asking about work, when they're trying to inquire, get in touch with their personality. Understand who they are. What do they believe in? Are they eager? Are they, do they believe in some of the things that you believe in, right? In human decency, how to spend your time, what to do with your days, how to treat human beings, Hire for fit. Building right on top of that one, one of the best things that we did, picking up on a good clue from some of those big, fat, multinational companies, we set on our website an application form. And this is a game changer. This is such a simple thing, and I know it sounds freaking nutty, but I think I was looking at like McDonald's or Domino's Pizza some of these big, big companies and going, what do these guys do in terms of staffing? And it clicked. They have an application form on their website. And a lot like we do when we get inquiries from brides, when we are getting inquiries from people who want to work with us, they need to go in and fill that application form in. And that application form is a little bit different to what you might expect because there are some fundamental questions that I want to know the answers to before I even talk to you. Because I want to get a sense of who you are and how self-aware you are. Because if you ain't self-aware, I probably don't want you working with us. And that is, at the end of the day, it's one of the very like fundamental beliefs that we have, is you need to have a very high level of self-awareness to thrive in this environment. Because I believe that the people who are incredibly self-aware are people who I want to be around. Because we're also not afraid of talking about all the things, talking about our feelings, having a good cry, having a good laugh, walking in and saying, you know what, I just don't feel like it today. Can we put some Justin Bieber on, get jiggy with it, and move on with our lives? 100%, absolutely, we can. Thanks for coming. So, on our website... We have an application form, and I should have pulled this up, but I will link to it in the show notes. I'm going to make some clicky noises and go to the website and take a deep breath. Let's all breathe for a second. So on our website, there is a page, and all it is is a fancy, not even fancy, it's a version of a contact form. So as long as you have control of your website and you know how to set up a contact form, then you can do this. We have a page on our website that says join the team. We're always looking for enthusiastic, joyful people to join our team. Fill in your details below, and we'll be in touch if we feel you're a good fit for us. So name, email, phone number, birthday now i understand australia is a company a company australia is a country (laughs) that we are allowed to ask the birthday of and the reason that we're allowed to is because it does change how much we get to pay them so whether you're 16 17 18 19 20 or 21 means that you get paid different rates so that's why we are allowed to ask your birthday that question needs to change depending on the country that you operate in because in many countries it is not legal to ask people how old they are But it is purely helpful to us because it does set their pay rate. Next question. Are you legally qualified to work in Australia? Next. What type of work are you after? And it gives them a checkbox. After school, weekends, casual, permanent, part-time, full-time, freelance, or ad hoc. The next question. What days of the week are you available to work? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Do you have other commitments we need to know about? For example, set hours at another job. Kids volunteer programs are you involved in your church give us a little bit of the commitments that you have and the box in which we're able to borrow you from your real life now this is where it gets really good these are my favorite questions so tell us a bit about yourself how would you describe your personality what interests you about working with us what skills can you bring to our team What would you say your bigness, weakness, or area for improvement is? Do you have any experience working in floristry? If so, tell us about it. Although no formal training is necessary, we would love to hear about any formal floristry qualifications you have. Then it asks some questions around their driving qualifications. They can upload their resume or their CV. They can also upload a covering letter. And that is it. But those questions around? What would you bring to our team? Why do you want to work with us? How would you describe your personality? What are your biggest areas of weakness and for improvement? Those are game changing questions. And it's so simple. But if you can get people to answer those questions when they're applying for a job with you, you know what you're dealing with. This then leads to my next tip. We keep this application up on our website 365 days of the year. So, even though at this moment in time we are not necessarily looking to hire somebody, things change and things change quickly. And one of the best things that we've done is whenever we get an application that we think somebody might be a good fit for us, pick up the phone, give them a quick call, have a quick chat for them, understand, give them a bit of the lay of the land, and ask them if we can keep them on file. And then, somebody decides that they want a big life change of our current team, things expand, things grow, we come up with some brilliant idea and I decide I want to hire 257 people, that we have a catalog of people on hand that we can get in touch with. It is not then all panic stations when it's Thursday and you're trying to figure out if you can get help for this Saturday or next Saturday. So don't be afraid to create something similar to this Even if you're looking for freelancers or even if you're in the early stages of your business and you're wondering who might be interested in working with you, don't underestimate the power of having an always on online application that's linked to your website. It means that you can be building and creating a library of contacts, people who might want to work with you for down the track. It's brilliant. So I love that tip. And the next tip. So tip number eight. Don't assume that the job that you need to fill needs to be full time. And don't assume that it needs to be in your town. So for about 14 or 15 months, I had a project manager working down in Melbourne. She was brilliant. She's setting up her own floristry business. She was able to work like four hours a week, ten hours a week, didn't really matter, totally suited, whatever schedule. She just I just knew that I wanted somebody to help manage all the inquiries, help come up with some of the design and the inspiration and kind of manage our brides through a process. So she did not have to be in this city with me. Now, don't underestimate the power of being able to give somebody two hours a week, 10 hours a month, everything is possible. It doesn't need to be a full-time, permanent job in your town. Open your mind, because you will be astounded, because even though it may not suit you, it might suit your Aunt Sally to work two hours a week. She might think that's just the bee's knees. She might decide that that is the best thing that could possibly happen. It's also possible that two hours a week turns into three hours a week, four hours a week, 30 hours a month, depending on what types of things you want to hand over to her. So don't assume it needs to be full-time, and don't assume it needs to be near you. Again, go back to that list that you've created of the jobs that need to get done. And figure out if that person needs to even be near you. And just start with the small things, right? Start with the things that are at the bottom of your list that you know need to get done, but you're just like, oh, I just cannot be bothered. This makes me want to lie in bed and pull the pillow over my head. And we all have those jobs and all those jobs are different for every single one of us. So there is somebody out there who can help you. Tip number nine, set up the bits you're going to outsource so that you, because you're the CEO of your business, so that you can maximize your effectiveness and joy. This is where I need you to be entirely, 100%, totally, unashamedly self-centered. This is the single greatest benefit, well, one of the top five benefits of being in charge. You get to decide what you spend your time on. You get to decide the bits that you outsource. Now, those people that you see on Instagram, it is very possible, all those people who have very, in quotes, successful floristry businesses, there are times where I know that what they do is they're standing behind the scenes, everything is prepped for them, all their stuff is just so they walk in and they do their thing. They make the bouquet, they make the installation, they make magic happen. They haven't necessarily touched a single flower up to the point that they arrive on site. Think of those movie stars, how they walk in, get prepped, and with a snap of a finger, they need to be on and they need to be doing their job because their job, is to be performing and acting and telling a story and interpreting somebody's script in a way that the director has envisioned. You could set your job up as the floral designer in exactly the same way. You could have a whole team of people who have brought the flowers in from the market, planned all the recipes, prepped all the flowers, prepped all the vessels, gotten everything to the venue, prepared your lunch, prepared your coffee, given you a facial, facial, and you just show up and do your thing. Yes, it is possible. But on that list of all the long list things that you've created in step one, you need to have outsourced every single thing that does not bring you joy or maximize your effectiveness. So I'm not saying that it's necessarily something that's going to happen today or tomorrow or in five years, but it's just something to think about. You are absolutely allowed, like if you were Picasso, michelangelo you could have totally in that time had people come in and prep everything for you You walk into your studio and you just make magic so all of that work that has to happen for you to walk into your studio and create magic you can definitely 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 have somebody doing all that other work and my final tip number 10 engage your network put the word out there who do you know who do you know that knows somebody friends family other parents friends of friends growers wholesalers your bookkeepers best friend sisters of friends wedding planners photographers hair and makeup artists cake makers restaurant owners all these people all know people If you can put the word out there that you're looking for somebody to help you a few hours a week or you're looking for somebody to help you Thursday after school and Friday morning or you're looking for somebody to help you on Saturdays, whatever you want it to be, just put the word out there. You will be astounded at who comes out of the woodwork because again, don't assume it needs to be full time because there are so many people out there who are trying to transition from either having Young kids, a big move, trying to make new friends, trying to do all the things. You never know who might be out there who might want three, four, five, six, ten, twenty hours a week, a month, a year. It is entirely possible. So let us go back and I shall revisit my top ten tips if you're considering your first hire. Tip number one: if you do nothing else, Write out all the jobs that need to happen to make the business run. Don't necessarily get wrapped up in thinking about a role, but just write out all the tasks from start to finish. Circle all the ones that you want to outsource. Tip number two, consider a piece of technology that could help solve the problem and or pick up on some templates. And I've got a whole podcast just on templates. So go back and listen to that because it's a good one. Because I love a good template. Tip number three. No, yeah, number three. (laughs) Start sorting through your processes and systems now. If you're a one-man band, and I know it's a pain in the ass, and I know you would like to take a pair of hot skewers and poke your eye out with them. But if you can sit down and figure out, okay, what is the process? How does somebody inquire? What's my response back to them? Where am I directing them? What's my response for getting consultations booked in? What's my response for getting quotes created? What's my you know template system structure around getting prepped for an event? What's the process around putting a market order in? What's the process around getting the shop open, answering the phone, washing the floors, anything? Document the process. And do it now before you are actually paying somebody to sit at your computer for you to figure that stuff out because you shouldn't be paying them while you're figuring that stuff out. Tip number four, no experience is a good thing. Now, I'm not saying always hire somebody with no experience, but somebody with no experience who aligns with your values could be a very good fit for you and could be a very good fit for you for a very long time. They haven't been tainted by somebody else's craziness. (laughs) So they're very malleable and opening, open to what you have to say to them. Directly related to that is tip number five, hire for fit. Tip number six, set up an application, which is basically just a glorified contact form on your website. And again, we'll include the link to ours so you can see it. Ask some of those juicy questions. Tip number seven, Keep it always on so that you can build up a catalog of people and then resort to that when you need it instead of being in the middle of all panic stations and wondering how am I going to get myself out of this and then going, oh my God, who can help me? And then panic, 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 panic. Build a library of contacts now so that in six weeks, six months time, you've got some people you can talk to. Tip number eight, do not assume that it needs to be full time and do not assume that it needs to be near you. All of that will depend on the type of work you want to outsource. But just open your mind a little bit beyond the usual. And don't assume because it's not necessarily the job that you would want that it's not going to be a good fit for somebody else. Tip number nine, set up the job and the task so that it lets you maximize your effectiveness and joy. Tip number 10, who do you know? engage your network put the word out there we have put up posts on gumtree seek craigslist you would be surprised who would come out of the woodwork magic will happen so just wanted to give you guys my top 10 tips for considering your first hire if this kind of information is helpful to you Don't be afraid to jump in and join our July workshop because we will be talking about these things and more. And more importantly, there will be wine and there will be food and we will spend so much of our time talking and playing flowers. So I hope you have a beautiful day, my friend. Don't forget, if you're listening to this, I would love to see where you're listening from. Even better, leave a review because that means so much to me. And that is what I'm going to say for today. Sending you so much love and joy and a big monkey hug. And I shall talk to you soon. Bye for now. It is very possible. What you actually come up with isn't necessarily considered steps, but it might just be all the different questions that come to mind for you. So, for example, question one What documents do I need to have to be considered a legitimate business? Right? The steps in order to answer those questions are things like go to Google, research, talk to your local small business. Group, talk to your accountant, talk to your local council, talk to the tax office, right? It's going to be an investigation in terms of doing a lot of research. And then, once you've investigated those things and figured out, oh, it's as simple as I only need these three pieces of paper, or I need to have this document filed, or I need to go on and register this with the tax office, then it's a matter of outlining for yourself, okay, what are those steps? And then you need to actually assign time when you're going to do this. I am a massive advocate for time blocking, right? Book appointments with yourself. Decide you are going to have a meeting. You've heard me talk about this before, all the different hats that you wear as a business owner. So if you're thinking about incorporation, or you're thinking about registering with the tax office, or you're thinking about getting a business license, you need to, as a matter of fact, you as the CEO of your business, need to almost sit down and have a meeting with, you could call them your head of operations, which also happens to be you, but you need to have a meeting between those two people to understand what you need to be doing, right? So you, as the CEO of your business, need to sit down with your head of operations, possibly your chief financial officer, all happen to be you, and have a meeting. Book that meeting in with yourself. So it might be Thursday at 9 a.m., Kathleen is having a meeting with her CFO and her head of operations to figure out business licensing, apply for the documentation, read the website, go to their office, book an appointment with your account. Whatever it is that you need to do, don't be afraid to book meetings with yourself. Huge, huge advocate of that type of process. In this document, all you need to do is go, okay, milestone A is... Set up legit business. Questions that come to mind for me are, what does a legit business look like? What kind of documentation do I need to have? Who might know the answer to that question? What can I find on Google? Where is my local small business organization? Do I have an accountant? Do I need a lawyer? Any question that comes to mind, write it down. Then, in the buy when column, tell yourself and literally book into your calendar meeting with yourself to figure out when you're going to figure that stuff out. And then you can assign who will do this. It's very possible you might figure out in some of your milestones and some of your steps that you're working through that you need to assign a task to somebody else. Might be your brother, might be your mom, might be your cousin, might be your lawyer, might be your accountant, might be your big sister, might be your best friend, might be talking to somebody else who knows a lot of things about setting up a business. Right? So you can decide you're going to bring somebody else into the loop and you can add that into the column of who will do this. So milestone A might be set up legit business. Don't be afraid to brain dump all the questions that you have no idea the answers to in this section. You will eventually figure out the steps to get you from A to B. Milestone B or milestone two might then be create a website. So, what are the steps involved in creating a website? One, you need a domain name. Two, you need to figure out where your website's going to be hosted. So, Squarespace, Wix, Shopify, WordPress, something else out there that might toot your horn. Step number three is you need to have photos. You might then all of a sudden realize, ooh, so to get step number three done, I could either buy some stock imagery, I could buy some graphics and illustration, I could go buy some flowers and test out a little photography for myself, or I could set up a commissioned styled shoot. All of a sudden, you might then realize, oh, to get that step three done, I want to actually create a commissioned styled shoot. So that's going to be a new milestone, right? That becomes a little bit of a project in itself. So, you know, okay, I need to get photographs done. (laughs) Then step number four is I need to figure out what content do I need on my website, right? So you need like a top menu, a navigation, you'll need an About Me page. If you're going to be selling products on your website, you need product shots, you need to also have a little bit of a catalog, you need to figure out the whole checkout system. If you're looking to attract wedding and event clients, then you need to have a contact me page, you might want to have a little bit written about your philosophy around flowers, who you are, how you operate the process that you work under. If you want to have a price list on your website, right? Like you just need to go through and map out the content on your website. You might also decide to throw a step in there that is research other wedding and event websites. Right? Go out and find 10, 15, 20 websites that you really like the look of. Then deconstruct them. What do you like the look of them? Do you like the fact that they have a lot of white space? Do you like the fact that they have this type of look and feel? What's their menu look like? What kind of content do they have on their pages? How limited is their content? How in depth is their content? All those things. Don't be afraid to research what others are doing and pick up on the bits and pieces that you really like and then make it your own so then step four or step five might be upload the content to your website step number six is get somebody else to read over the content on your website for copywriting errors flow ideas all the things step number six push live on your website right? So you can understand how you might have a big milestone, but all you need to do is just break it down into smaller steps. I would also highly recommend that you give yourself a date or a deadline. So fill in that by when section and go one step further and book yourself a meeting with yourself. Be very specific about what you're going to achieve in that meeting. And if you need anybody else to join you in that discussion. But hopefully this makes sense because what you're going to do is you're just going to have and break out the big chunks of work that you need to get done. Be mindful of the fact that you still have a day job. Be mindful of the fact that you might already have other commitments and just work around it. I am a person who thinks that everything needs to be done right now, immediately, if not yesterday. But I'll tell you, I have proven to myself that slow and steady wins the race and you will get there. Just chug along and chip away at it. Even if you can assign five hours a week, five hours a week to one of these projects, you will be astounded at how much progress you actually make. So don't be afraid to chop and change some of the stuff as you see fit. And also, don't be afraid to come back and revisit this every three months. None of this stuff needs to be set in stone. Like, this is the beauty of this whole thing, is that it is a process. I will also really encourage you guys to message me if you have any questions. Message me on Instagram or email me through thrivepodcast.co. You can send me an email directly from the website. And... Would so love to see how and where you are using this template. If you are going through the process and you get stuck on anything, don't be afraid to contact me because you're not going to be the only one. And absolutely 100%, if you're listening to this podcast episode and or using this planning tool, take a screenshot of it and post it to Instagram and tag me in it. I would so love to see what you guys are up to. So I'm going to end it there. Thank you for sticking it out with me, and I really, 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 really hope that this is helpful. But I shall talk to you cool cats later, and I hope you have a a beautiful day. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.